Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us. We need you, Lord. We need you all of the time. And we thank you, Lord, that every need that we perceive that we have will be met according to your glorious riches through Christ Jesus. We pray and we thank you for it. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. So we're going to talk today about the fact that your faith makes you anonymous. Amen. Your faith makes you anonymous. Praise God. I know we all uh, want to be special to God and precious to God and wonderful and think we deserve what we get from God. But then on the other hand, there's a part of us that says, well, I'm never sure if I'm special or deserve anything. You ever feel like that? It's like. You want to to believe that God will do things for you, but what is the basis that he decides? On what basis does he decide whether you will get what you are asking for, you deserve it? Then there's the issue always that comes up with when time starts to whiz by and we don't have it. And if it's we think it's hindered, and it's probably on schedule, but we think it's delayed. Amen. Because that's just normal to think that when time goes by, you, you wonder, you know, what the holdup is. You know, if you were a, a single person dating someone and, and they had showed an interest in getting married, and you never get a proposal and a ring. You say, well, man, what's, what's the holdup? You know what I'm saying? And we go, let's go get a broom and jump it. I don't care what we do with this. Let's get this over with. And so the passage of time can sometimes work for us it can sometimes work against us we're not real sure uh about the time element but people that i know who are experienced in god believe that sometimes the longer you have to hold your faith for something the better it is for you see we don't like to to hear that and we want to believe that we should get everything fast immediately but when you think about it, what's the harm? If you're living, you're comfortable, you have other things that you need, God is blessing you, you're living out of the fruit of the Spirit. And I think that's probably the key to what these people are experiencing and what they're expressing when they say, the longer you have to wait, the better it is for you. Because what does waiting do? It allows you to live out of something other than what you see, hear, taste. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, you have to find a way to make yourself content, make yourself happy, joyful, peaceful, whatever it is. You've you got to find a life outside of lack and want, which is really, when you think about it, that's how a lot of people live. You know, and I can remember growing up. All I knew was, well, I want to go to school because I want to get this, or I want to get a good job because I want to get something. It was always something from the material and the natural realm. So really, your life was based on lack and want, and it was not based on abundance. See, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, these things will be added, and he admonishes people to don't think about and worry. Take no thought for what you're going to eat 
what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. He says, all these things the heathen want. In other words, you used to live like that. Amen. So you're you're in God's kingdom now, so you got to live differently. Amen. So he said, seek first the kingdom. In, in other words, there's a new way of living. There are new rules to this kingdom place that we're living in now. So start learning the rules of the new place where you live. Start understanding what God expects from you and start living based on what God wants and what he says. And that is mastering his word, understanding his word, hearing his word, obeying his word, doing it by faith. You know, let yourself internalize the word and and say, oh, boy, God, this is what you expect me to do. Well, then show me how to do it. Help me do it. Open the door for me to do these things. And so when we start to understand that we are to be occupied now, not with thoughts of lack, want, I don't have, I'll be glad when I get, when is this coming, when's that coming, and watching God to see when he answers prayers. Because if you have the abundant life, you have everything already. And you can live like you have everything already. Thank you. You can live in that place of utter contentment. And it's something you have to learn how to do, right? I mean, you just don't jump up and start doing everything right day one you're saved. The Apostle Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content right where I am. And and wondering when is a, is a place of uh, discontent. It's an indication that you're not content when time starts to bother you. It disturbs your peace. It disturbs your contentment because you won't be able to rest until you get this time thing settled. And it'll be settled when I get so-and-so that I'm praying for. And I'm not waiting any longer. And so we have to to totally, you know, flip the script on our thinking and think a different way. You know, we when you think abundance, you think I've already got it. See, whatever it is that that I'm needing or I think I lack, I already have it because God's already given it to me. See, there's no there's no going to God and him wrestling in his mind about what he wants you to have. It's already written in the scripture. He said, ask anything and I'll give it to you, you know, and, and if you don't see it around, I'll make it for you. Amen. That's how many times inventions come about. People have. They say necessity is the mother of invention. You know, you just keep pondering on something, pondering on it, pondering on it. And pretty soon they get inspired with an idea. Well, that inspiration comes from God. You know, whether there are Christians, people that pray or don't pray, God can answer questions for anybody. It can help anybody. Amen. Who's willing to to do something with it and put it to use. And so God wants us to live in this state of contentment, uh, this state of you're not worried about anything, your state of, of not being concerned about whether you've earned it, whether you're worthy. Uh, I've done something now and, and uh, you know, if I did this and I did that and, oh, Lord, I messed up so much. I don't know if God ever trust me with a dime. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, we have to live beyond that place. And you, you can't just 
not think at all and, and get rid of that. You've got to get some understanding of how the kingdom works so that you can you can rest assured that there is something else. God is not really looking at you necessarily and your your faults and your flaws, nor is he blessing you because of your good traits. Amen. But there's something else going on here that gets God's attention and allows him to to put everybody on an equal par. And that is your faith. Amen. It is your faith that God looks for, looks at. It it determines um, what you are blessed with if you hold on to faith. And see, sometimes when we're trusting God for something that we haven't received the full manifestation of now you when you have faith you have substance so substance happens to be a manifestation so the promises get answered kind of like in pieces it comes together because when when you look at the definition of faith it says it's a substance a spiritual substance that things that you you have in your heart that you want is made of so you got to look at yourself as a little factory there's a little factory on the inside of you that's making everything that you're praying for it's constructing it it's putting it together and so in your faith is giving you indication that that's going on on the inside of you because your faith is leading you your faith is guiding your words it's guiding your conversation your faith is is instructing you and counseling you as to what to do, how to spend your time, how to uh, spend your resources, what to invest in, what not to invest in. Your faith is doing all that. Whenever you, you move towards something, hopefully it's your faith that's doing it. Now, we can do things without having any kind of faith involved in it or very little involved in it. Oftentimes, the more you believe something and the more you move toward it, the greater your faith is for that thing to happen. So much so that you can just rest and know it's done. It's, it's, you know, well, God, I don't have it yet, but I'm not worried about it because I know it's on the way. Amen. And so God wants us to get like that about our faith and not be discouraged at all about it. But the one thing I was looking at here and I said, well, your faith really makes you anonymous. So how could God be holding something against us or looking for us to do something to get us to earn what we are believing him for? Amen. Because your faith makes you unrecognizable as an individual in the in the realm of the spirit. God just sees faith. Amen. When you're saved, you're not the same old person you were. God sees you through his son. He sees you just like he sees Jesus. Amen. If you're talking about your personhood. And so we kind of lose our individuality in the spirit. And that's a good thing. You know, I'm telling you, because there are some days where you feel like, boy, I'm really, you know, God, I did all my prayers today. I, I did this. You know, you give yourself a little Holy Ghost pat on the back because you didn't slough off on any of your little spiritual duties that you've assigned yourself know how we do they can only be so spiritual if we've assigned them to ourselves 
the best way to live is to be led totally by the Spirit and what you do. And isn't that sometimes the last thing we want? God, what should I do? You know, this isn't happening like I think it should. What do I need to do? Is there anything I need to do? And then we go off and do something else. We don't even sit there long enough to hear his answer. Or we think, you know, well, you know, he didn't say nothing. I guess I keep doing what I've been doing. Or we ask it, what they say, rhetorical questions. You ask and don't really want an answer. Or you ask and you don't wait for an answer. You don't think there's an answer. It's just putting it out there as a courtesy. You know, it's like, I guess I might as well ask God if it's something else. And I know it's not going to be nothing else. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, we'd be very shocked if he told us something. But then the leading of the Holy Spirit is what's important because then that takes over. So the Holy Spirit will lead you to do the things that are necessary to do in order for God to to complete our faith or to release the blessing or however you want to term it. Uh, it. There is an operation of of the leading of the Spirit. When you read your word, when you thank God for what you have, when you pray and you petition or you begin to pray for other needs that God has put on your heart, you're in a seed for other people, other things that, that God is spiritual work that God has called you to do. And God begins to uh, put things together for you into a whole total package of what we call our spiritual life. Amen. And in that spiritual life, are the requirements for what are needed for anything else you're expecting God to do for you. You understand? So he's not like singling out, well, if you want this thing you're, you're praying for, say it's a, you know, it's time to get a new car or something. You want a new car. It, he doesn't just single that out and say, if you do X, I'll give you the car. It's a whole life. So it's many things. You know why he does it that way? So you can't pick something out and get a car, you know, get you a car key from heaven and keep turning that. And that's all you ever use. See, it's a lifestyle. He wants us to live for him 24-7 because there's so many things that that our spiritual life can attain uh, on the behalf of God's kingdom. It's just amazing what he can do with us if we'll yield everything to him. And not just compartmentalize our lives and just want certain things and that's all we want. And until we get that, we just in a huff somewhere, you know, we got in a fever to keep doing everything we need to do and all of that. Just we, he won't let you get obsessed with one thing. You know, your focus just can't be one thing all the time and just keep pressing in for that. You know, there's some things that we do need, you know, that, that, you know, might interrupt your life for a season until it gets resolved. But there comes a place where your faith should give you peace about it. And then you're on your way to obeying your faith and getting what it is that you need. So in Matthew chapter, um, uh, nine, if you'll turn there, we'll, we'll see our favorite woman with the issue of blood and uh, see what what happened with her. Now, if you talk about somebody who was anonymous in 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 their faith, she's a, a good candidate. Amen. But we'll notice, too, faith makes you anonymous all the time because it supersedes who you are personally. Amen. And it gets you on that level playing field of the spirit so that that uh, all God cares about 
is are you obeying spiritual laws? Amen. When you obey the law, you don't get noticed. You know, if you stop for all the red lights and stop for the stop signs and, you know, you just go about your 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 life. Amen. And so it, it, it makes you anonymous when you're being obedient. And so this lady obeys some certain laws here that made her anonymous to Jesus, so much so that she got what she needed from from him, and he never knew it was her. He never knew who it was. And and this impressed him a great deal because he realized, he said, somebody's on the right page here. Somebody's figured something out. And this is what I like about the Lord when when. Anybody in the Bible that stood out to him, either for for lack of faith or for extraordinary faith, we need to notice those situations because we'll experience both of them. You'll experience situations where your faith isn't, you know, what it should be. Like, for instance, when uh, they were all in the boat together and the water was coming up inside the boat and they woke Jesus up and don't you care if we drown? Well, he in there with you. Y'all going to drown? He's going to drown. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's not be silly here. See, they should have had confidence just by his presence that they weren't going anywhere. And, and that confidence would have built it up to the point where maybe one of them could have rebuked the wind, commanded the the thing to calm. See, when you're in his presence, the right the right answers will come to you. That's why he would rebuke them for not using their faith. And he's like, your faith is right here. I'm right here. You got confidence in me to wake up and do it for you. Why don't you have confidence in me that I've given you the words to do it? See? And so those situations you look at and you say, you know what, Lord, I do need to talk to this thing that's bothering me. I need to talk to this this uh, uh, debt that's trying to to grab me or this lack that's trying to grab me or this symptom that's trying to invade my body. I need to talk to this thing and rebuke it and make it go away. Amen? Because that's what God would do if he were standing there. And so he dwells in you. So why won't you do what the Spirit is leading you to do? Amen? And and do that even all the more. So So your faith really makes you anonymous because God doesn't care who it is that's knocking on the door. When faith says, when your faith is there for you to enter, you coming in. I don't care if it's you, your brother, your father, your cousin, you know, uh, man, man, them, Babra, all them rough riders. They're using their faith. They're going to get in the door. And this is what has always uh, um, baffled the religious because they always think it's based on how nice you are? Do you are you polite to every? Do they like you? That's always a qualification. They marvel at the people they don't like that get stuff from God. Well, how that happen? They rough. They this. They they don't do that right. There. I saw them out at the club. You know all that kind of stuff. It's always with religion. It's always on the basis of earning something. And with. Light was on. Praise God. So, uh, so anyway, it, 
faith takes your identity out of your individual identity because that's going to fluctuate depending on how we feel about ourselves. Sometimes you can get all your prayers done. Like I said, get all your prayers done, get all your your confession is right. You know, you even went and blessed somebody today and you did this, and you did that. You feeling pretty good about yourself. You think mm, I should be getting something from God. I'm doing everything right. Amen. And those are the days where you get zero. It's like you don't hear anything. Amen. And And then there are days when we're not even thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, God does something that kind of blows your mind. And you think, boy, oh, boy, God, you're so good. And he likes us to live like that. He doesn't want us trying to put ourselves on the top of the mountain. We did this right and that right and all that. Because as soon as you do something wrong, you know, you're going to be in the, the dumpster. And he wants us to live on the mountain all the time. Amen. So he wants us to feel good about ourselves all the time. And, and but not on the basis of what we have done. We're, you feel good about you because he lives in you. He's in control. He's doing this. He's taking care of you. Amen. So here this woman is. It says uh, there was a man there that that wanted Jesus to come and heal his daughter. She was at the point of death. In fact, in this this account, it says that Jesus, uh, uh, he told Jesus that the daughter is even now dead. He says, but come and lay your hands upon her and she shall live. I'll shut this all the way off and see if that don't help some things. Hang on. Sorry, folks. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the red light is on. Praise God. All right. Okay. If we're good, we're good. So, uh, he says, my daughter is even now dead. Now, there's an account, a couple of the other accounts say that he says she's at the point of death. Well, they're both correct. You know, sometimes people say, which one's right? Did he say she was dead? At some point she did die and he knew it. So this one's correct too. And Jesus arose and followed him. So did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And Jesus turned about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Now, there's this account over here. There's one in Mark chapter 5, and it gives a little different detail on it. They're all good. You know, it just depends on what. See, these are like Holy Ghost recollections. The ones, the writers of these scriptures were had eyewitness accounts. They were there and saw this. But, you know, we all remember differently. But that doesn't mean that God's absent-minded. It just means that the Holy Ghost had them remember certain things and put them down, and the things that weren't that important, they were left off. So when you go and read all of them, you can get a clear picture and understanding of what was going on. And here in Mark uh, chapter 5, and verse starting in verse 22, it talks about the rule of the synagogue. He besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. I pray you come lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Jesus went with him and many people followed him and thronged him. That means they pressed up against him. 
And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch him, I shall be whole or touch his clothes. I shall be whole. And right away the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. He didn't release it. It left him. Turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Now this is, this is missing from the one we're reading in Matthew because there's something in Matthew I want you to see as well that's very important. And it says in verse 20, the woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Now, Jesus looked for her after she had made the decision that she was going to touch, that this is the way I'm going to get my healing and I know this is going to work. That's usually the way faith talks to us. Faith knows it's going to work. Amen. Now, we might say as we we understand things and we think about them and mull them over, you still might be tossing it back and forth in your mind whether it's going to work or not. But that has nothing to do with the faith that's in your heart. See, your mind can think all kinds of crazy things. You know, you can be on your way to obey God and your mind is saying, why are you doing this? Ain't going to work. Girl, you better turn around and go home. But your heart keeps telling you press forward. Keep telling you go forward, go forward, go forward. So faith works in your heart and in your mouth when your mind really doesn't have to be accepting it so much. Uh, Brother Hagen used to say you can can uh, have faith in your heart with doubt in your head and God will honor the faith that's in your heart. Thank God for that because your mind can go all kinds of ways. See with your mind it's what you consider what you receive and accept and what you meditate on. That's what gets in your heart. So if thoughts are going through your head you can't stop some of them from going through there. But whether you latch on to them and consider them and add them into what you're believing, that's where the difference is made. So many times, you know, we'll we'll have thoughts like, well, God, why is it taking so long? And then you think to yourself, wait a minute, it's not taking long. I'm already healed. I got it already, devil. I'm healed already. What am I talking about? And see, this can go on for quite a while. I mean, you know, I mean, you just... Your mind goes back and forth. And there are times where you're you're wanting the time to be up and you call time yourself. And then you realize it's not time yet, right? And then you want to condemn yourself because, well, I thought it was time. And why isn't it time? The only thing that's happened there is you've allowed your carnal mind to grab on to the lead in your life. See, it's leading you to say it's got to happen now or or I'm going to be upset with myself or why doesn't it happen now? I can make it happen now. See, your flesh is saying that. 
So you've got to know, you've got to starve that part of you and continue to feed your faith in your spirit so that your spirit can continue to dominate and lead you. And this is where the fight is. This is the fight of faith. It's not people asking you if you're healed yet. That nonsense is nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's what you think about what they're asking. See, because many times it feeds into our doubt. And that's why we get upset with people. Amen. So so you can ignore. And listen, don't tell me people mean that much to you because you've been ignoring people all your life. Your mama told you to get up and make your bed. You ignored her when the teacher told you to quit playing around with Johnny so-and-so. You ignored her. You got me? So we know how to, to, you know, X out what people tell us. And some, some kids just get rebellious and anything mom and daddy say, they don't hear, they don't hear it. You know, you already cancel before they don't even get an audience in their little ears. So we can, we can close out voices. That's not a problem. What happens though is that when voices agree with our doubts, that's when we get frustrated because they start to give expression to what we really think sometimes. And that, and we've been fighting to get rid of that thought. Amen. Well, you don't have to really just get rid of it. You can just ignore it. You just don't pay any attention. Give no thought. Amen. Uh, don't, don't, uh, consider not. Don't add it into your thinking. Don't add it into the equation. Amen. Sometimes when we convince ourselves that we can't wait any longer, we don't have any more patience about something. And then we find out that doesn't move God either. You know, you just have to keep, keep living and keep trusting because there must be a greater plan ahead if he, he allows you to continue to hold on to your faith when nothing in the natural has materialized. See, he's got to he's got to be up to something. Amen. And so we've got to think on the the side of getting God's mind about things and understanding when something does not come when our flesh says it's got to come, it's got to happen, it's got to make this happen, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and then when it doesn't materialize, you know, don't let yourself get let down about it. Don't let yourself get discouraged. Your flesh wants to do that. Then you got to pep talk yourself back into faith. You got to recover yourself again. You see what I'm saying? And so there are times when your flesh may get ahead of where your spirit is, but all you can say is, well, God, this wasn't the door, so let me go to the next one. You got me? It just, you know, and, and it keeps your faith building and it keeps building. And that's what God wants to see your faith developing into a greater and greater way. Because if you quit because you didn't get some, because you call time on something. Amen. If you quit because of that, what does that do for your faith? And what does that say about your faith? Amen. It's saying your faith couldn't do the job. It came back void. Amen. The word came back void this time. And that's just not true. That word's going to do it. God wants you to stay with it and you can do it. You can stay with it until, like they say, my change comes or whatever else is you're expecting uh, to come through God. So here this woman touched him and he didn't know who it was and she got what she came for. 
and isn't that what the way we really want to be you know it's sometimes when you wonder god i did this wrong and that wrong you know could it be that because i've done this that and that that didn't work out that you don't want me to do this you don't want this for me anymore you know those thoughts occur to everybody i don't know about you but they occur to me and sometimes you have just have to slap yourself and say, you know what? That has nothing to do with nothing. Because the woman with the issue of blood got her healing. He didn't know, even know it was her. He knew somebody touched him with faith because power went out of him. And it's like, man, God, that's a good way to live. Just anonymous. You won't know who's knocking on your door. You won't know. who's asking you won't know who's praying all you see is my faith well that is true because he looks at our spirit he looks at what we are saying that's coming from our heart he looks at not how much you study the word and how many minutes or hours or anything you spend at something even though time spent with god is profitable but he's not adding things up and saying, well, she didn't really say, I know she's got faith, but she didn't spend enough time in the word with me to get that. So I'm not going to give it to her. See, it's not the way he thinks, but that's the way we think sometimes. You know, your carnal mind, it thinks worse stuff than that about God. And so we, because it's the enemy of God. The Bible says that. And so what we have to do is ignore the enemy of our faith and the enemy of God. And get our spirit more engaged, you know, allowing our spirit to engage our thought life, engage our uh, words, engage. We just got to let God move in, you know, let him occupy. And this is what this lady did. And, And how do we know that's what she did? She summed it all up. It says she said this within herself. She talked herself into getting her healing. And that's really what we need to do more consistently, I think, than we do. And realize that it's it's okay to dream dreams in God. It's okay to uh, put our hopes into words on the inside. It's okay for us to think and contemplate what we're going to be like when we're all better, what we're going to be like when we get rid of a pill or get rid of this or don't have to take that or one thing or another that we we are looking for God to do or when we're we're fully strong again, you know, and able to function the way we used to. It's good to to meditate on that and allow yourself to be taken to that place where you are there. See, that's what faith does. That's what this lady did. She saw herself healed and her bleeding stopping the minute she touched the hem of his garment. And it came to pass because that was her faith talking to her. And and people say, well, I don't just don't want to make believe. You're not making believe if you're believing God's word. That word is true. That word is powerful. That word can accomplish. So if you're going to meditate or, or fantasize or make believe anything, get the word in you and start seeing yourself healed. Start seeing yourself well. Start seeing yourself capable. Start seeing yourself. And don't let doubt put a damper on that thought. 
You know how some thoughts you can be getting excited about something on the inside and all of a sudden something to say, well, oh, well. Or just come and put it, put the fire out, extinguish it, you know, like a, a, a one of those fire, one of those things, fire extinguishers. You can be encouraged and, and excited about what God's doing in your life and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden something will come into your mind and say, Psh, let the air out of it. And you just shrug your shoulders. Oh, well, it was a nice thought. No, that's your life. You better grab that again and think about that some more and entertain that some more. Amen. Entertain, meditate on what you desire. Let your Calgon take me away kind of thing. You know, let the Holy Spirit come and take you away into that place. And it's not a fantasy. It's faith. This is how the spirit of faith talks to us, instructs us, encourages us. God gave everybody that God blessed in the Bible. If you look carefully enough, you can see where he put something in their imagination that they meditated on that came to pass. Amen. David, when he fought Goliath, he sat there and he figured. He thought about because he expressed it when when he told them, he said, don't don't be afraid of this. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's defying God's army. He's God's people. And he said he thought he went back and he'd been thinking to himself while he's standing there and people are talking to him, telling him what's going on. He's thinking to himself, he said, I can do this. I can do this. And later on, when he got in front of Saul, he got to tell Saul what he thought about that convinced him he could do this. He said, I fought a lion. He said, there was a lion came one time and took some lambs out of the flock. And God led me to go over there and attack him and get that little lamb back. And I killed that lion with my bare hands. He said, and then there was a bear that came and took one one time. And I chased that bear down and grabbed him by his beard and hit him in his jaw and killed him. And God was with me then. He said, if he'd been with me twice, three times, it's going to be a real knockout. Amen. So he allowed God to be with him every single time. So God doesn't come with you one time and then leave you home by yourself the, the next one. Amen. Because everyone is bigger. I mean, the, the lion was bad enough. The bear was bad enough. And then this guy here with a bunch of army people behind him. They Every challenge gets bigger. They don't get smaller. They get bigger than God. Why? Because your faith is getting bigger. You can handle it. Amen. Don't be afraid of things. You know, when I say stuff that people, oh, Lord, bigger. I don't know. I'm having a hard time handling the little thing I got right here. I'm going to do bigger. Amen. But it's got to be because faith increases. God needs people down. He don't want you to have this pocket change faith forever. He wants you to have big faith, strong faith, really believe him so that he can give his people back the things that rightfully belong to us. He don't want us out here scrounging forever, just barely making it and the devil stealing everything and going on and on. God hates that. So he'll raise up a puny little somebody to take care of something real big. The bigger the challenge and the smaller you are in your eyes, the more he likes it. 
Look at Gideon. Amen. He was out there trying to to not let nobody know he had found a few kernels of barley. <laughs> trying to be anonymous in the in the mill, trying to get this this barley, you know, where he can grind it up and they could use it and make some bread. And then God shows up in there. And it's like, oh, Lord, I've been discovered, you know. And God calls him a mighty man of valor. And he look around and say, who, who else is in here besides me? You know what I'm saying? God, when God puts a handle on you, that's going to stick. Amen. He's going to make it real. And he begins to deal with us when we're small fry. And he puts his power on us. And he stays in our lives forever. So then small fry gets to be bigger fry. Small this gets to be larger this. Amen. You know, you see people that that have uh, uh, huge worldwide ministries. You know how God got them hooked? He gave them a vision of them out there in a sea of people. You hear them all say that. Oh, one day I was praying and God showed me all these faces, a sea of faces out there. Why did he show them that? So to get them interested. Because everybody's interested in bigger, more, abundance, prosperity. We don't know what it's going to cost us to get there, but we're interested in getting it. Amen. So he'll show us something that we're interested in or something we need very badly or something that will straighten our lives out if we could just get it in our possession. And that's how he gets us to get our faith involved in things so he can go ahead and develop our faith. It doesn't all come. Goliath wasn't the first thing that David fought. And this gives you indication right there that there are steps to developing your faith to where you can kill the giant amen even the armies of israel there was nobody in that whole army david wasn't even in the army he was an errand boy for his father amen he wasn't a soldier he was a shepherd but shepherds can do mighty things too i mean you can do mighty things no matter where you are and you can be in in the the army and not do much of anything amen you know my uh, late father-in-law was in the army but he played a trumpet <laughs> so he was a band he played it he was at all the cocktail parties and all the officers clubs and you know that's what he did and it was necessary you just as much a part of the army as everybody else is you just don't know how to fight real good you fight if you have to but that ain't your area of expertise and so david was was the one person that had confidence that God would be with him again. Sometimes your faith is wavering because you don't understand that God is with you again. Just like he was on the thing that you did day one, the first prayer that you got answered. He was with you that day and he's with you in this thing. Now a lot of times we don't like the trouble that we get into sometimes when we have to use our faith. The enemy fights you back. He doesn't want you to have anything. He doesn't want to be exposed. And he certainly doesn't want to see God's kingdom expand. So he's going to fight you for some stuff. And some he's going to fight you more than other things for some things. But the area you don't want him to fight you on is on you personally. 
whether you deserve it or not, whether it belongs to you or not, whether you're worthy or not. You don't want to get in that fight with him. You want to say, God told me he's going to do it, and, and I'm believing God. You understand? I don't care what it is that comes into your life. If it's something for you personal, you know, God told me he's going to do it, and I believe he's going to. Amen? My kids all love God. They ain't showing it right now, but they all love God. Amen? And they're 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 obedient servants. They're obedient children. Amen? And so you, you've got to, to start taking the identity, your personal identity, out of it. Other than that, God said, and you're his heir. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of many heirs of God. Amen. I'm one of many children of God. And I'm got to show my father my faith. And he says that I believe, if I believed, all things would be possible to me if I can believe. And that's really the test that we're always, can you believe? How long? Under what circumstances? See, it's it's all about whether you can believe. We can all believe when we're in a good meeting and, and, you know, the preaching's good and the music's good and we feel good. and We pray prayers and, you know, you give yourself your Holy Ghost pat on the back. You did good today, girl. Everybody can feel that, feel strong faith and feel that that God will bless them with whatever they ask for during times like that. But then there are times when you're out of that identity. You know, you're in the, the when you're in the spirit, there is a a confidence that comes to you. There's a a sense of belonging there, a sense of you're welcome there. Uh, God wants you there. He approves of you. All of that comes to you when you're in the spirit with him. But then there are times when we're not. You know, you get some news that you don't like or your mind drifts onto something that's not resolved yet or something that could go wrong with something or something you don't particularly enjoy doing, but you got to do it. You know, that kind of stuff. And it can pull you into a a lesser confident position you know you might have to fight a little bit your mind to get back to where you were or you might just have to let those thoughts be there and let god resolve it and wait that thing out you know and so we're in different positions all the time but but there is one thing that is true your faith will speak for you and your faith will will be what's prominent about you when you use your faith and so when you use your faith you don't have to worry about does god want me to have this does he approve of me does he remember what i did over here is that counting against me or or maybe i didn't do enough of this right or enough of that right none of that matters when you use your faith he just knows he just sees faith that faith is like a uh, a laser that comes into god's vision where he sees nothing but that he doesn't see who's speaking it. He doesn't see who's using it. Now, he knows what house to deliver it to. Amen. Because he knows it's you. But whether it's you or not is not the most important thing in his mind. You got me? That's not the most important thing that it's you. What's most important is you using your faith. Amen. And so here this woman said within herself. She didn't just say it and it left her mind. 
And and this is sometimes the process that we go through. You'll hear God tell you that, say, for instance, you're healed and you receive that with gladness. God, I see that in the word and I believe that and and I am healed right now. I believe I'm healed right now. You can't believe you're healed in the future. It's hope when you push, push it off somewhere. And many times your mind will start to do that to you without you paying attention to it. You know, well, it didn't happen today. It's going to happen. Don't do that to yourself. You always have it now. You got me? Because it didn't go anywhere. When you received it, when you prayed, it's in your spirit. But the enemy can make you think that it's not for now. You don't have it now. You're waiting on God to do something. And when you start doing that, you start moving it into the realm of deserving it. And it's, it's, it, God's looking at who it is that's praying to make his decision. He never looks at who it is that's, he's looking for faith. And that's it. That's the bottom line. And so it's good to have your faith showing all the time. Amen. Remember Joseph's coat of many colors? One of those colors was faith. Amen. He held on to faith as long as he could. That was the one thing that stayed with him. Amen. There were other colors in there, I'm sure. You know, standing that we, we believe the coat of many colors stood for uh, your coat always speaks to your occupation, your status, your position in life. Well, if he's got a lot of colors, that means he got a lot of abilities. You got me? So he had a chance to show every single ability he had after he lost that coat. Amen. <laughs> Those abilities stayed with him. But God had to develop all of his attributes so that he could use him. When you have to run a country and feed all them starving people and also people who are coming into your country because they're starving other places, you can't just be somebody who knows how to tell dreams and, and interpret them. You got to have some <laughs> cha-ching mentality. You got to add stuff up and not come up with the wrong answer and be old me because you'd be like the baker and the who's that other the, the steward and the baker down there in jail and one of them got hung amen so you could lose your head for that kind of nonsense where god is going to put some of his people he's going to have to leave us in the cooker for a little bit to get us ready well that went over big <laughs> even the little buzzing got upset i'm gonna say it again for where some of us are going with our dreams you know, you see people on Facebook all the time calling themselves prophets. I say, well, maybe one day they'll get there, Lord, but my goodness. But see, they're going to go through the ringer whether they, you want, they want to jump up and give a prophecy and everybody say how wonderful and click a lot of likes on there. That, this ain't no prophecy game. You understand what I'm saying? You're accountable for your words. You'll be wishing you just sat on a pew your whole Christian life. Cause it, ministers have more responsibility have more accountability you just can't say anything to people and think you okay amen you got a boss that's he got the book and he's looking at the book and checking you against the book all the time amen 
So, so we have to understand that this is, this is, is something that God, see when it's real, you follow biblical, uh, procedure. You follow biblical patterns. Amen. People who want to, I want to prophesy. God told me I'm going to prophesy to kings. I said, oh, really? Hey, Joseph, I'm just going to call you Joe for short because you're going through. Amen. You just, you just a rough cut. You think you're ready to get in front of somebody's. You understand what? Those people have an authority that will make you shrink in your shoes when you get around them. You understand what I'm saying? Because their office, their God backs them up too in what they do. So you could just can't say stuff to them and, you know, like you, you know, uh, a prophecy amateur and got a, got a word for somebody. You understand what I'm saying? You be shaking your shoes when you your your words to somebody in that level of responsibility can change the fate of the world. And it's the same thing with people always want to go up to ministers and prophesy to them. Go sit down somewhere. Go learn some scripture. Get your life straightened out. Go tell your husband that you ain't mad at him no more. Your ex-husband. Oh, your third ex-husband. Go tell all of them you ain't mad at him no more before you want to come up here want to prophesy to somebody who has responsibility for the flock of God. How dare you? You should be shaking in your shoes that God gave you that kind of responsibility to carry out for him. So we're, we'll have many facets to our, our gifting and our calling. Many things to be developed in. Amen? Many things. And so God wants to, and he wants to keep us on the field of service for him. He wants to keep us there. So that we can continue to grow in him. We can continue. Sometimes you won't understand why it's taken so long. But God will get you there. You may never know. He don't have to tell you nothing. Huh? Our problem is we won't go blab everything too quick. (laughs) It really is true. Amen. We'll tell people God told us. I was looking at... uh, 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 Tommy Welchel, some of you know him. He recently went home to be with the Lord, maybe about four or five months ago now. He was, uh, a teenage runaway, went to California and, and lived at a, a home, a retirement type of a village for, for saints. And many of the saints who were children during the Azusa Street revival lived there. Many of them were elderly now, up in age, and they had a nice little church and chapel there, and they liked living there because that church, they could go in and still do the ministry that they learned when they were at Azut, signs and wonders, healing, raising from the dead, everything. They did it right there at that chapel at that uh, retirement home. And he, many, many people had come to those saints to be able to find out some details about what happened at Azusa Street because that history seemed to be a blank page for a lot of people. And when they found out that all these saints were living in this home together, you know, everybody had their apartment. It was like a, a compound of apartments with a chapel on the grounds and very nice place. They had a, um, 
a uh, uh, dining room where they fed them three meals a day and it was very inexpensive living. And they were all happy there and comfortable there. But many ministers that were had a lot of standing stature would come through there and say, well, you have time to sit down and talk to me. And they had prayed about it already. And they turned down a lot of people. They said God told us he would send us somebody and we would know who that person was when they showed up. Well, here comes a 17 year old runaway and two of the women had met him on the beach, led him to the Lord. And told him they would give him a place to stay periodically. He got thrown out of where he was living. He was homeless. So they brought him there, gave him a job there, and let him live there. And they told him one day that they felt that he was the one God has sent for them to tell their stories to. Well, Tommy was was part Native American. So he had a gift of what they called a teller. African culture is called a griot. Some of those people, Alex Haley met a lot of those kinds of people when he was uh, writing the book Roots, where you could go to somebody and they could tell you 400 years of history. They remembered it all and they were gifted that way. You know, God's got to gift people so that we can keep up with stuff. You understand what I'm saying? So you need a history. You need to know who you are. You need to know where you came from. You know, everybody's curious about stuff like that. But anyway, Tommy was gifted that way through his Native American blood. And so he was able to, and he liked telling stories. He has a fantastic memory, you know, that kind of stuff. And so the only thing was lacking, he wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they finally convinced him to ask for the gift of tongues. And from that, they began to share things with him. They would lay hands on him. Every time they told him a story, they laid hands on him. And he asked them what they were doing. They said, well, we're imparting anointings to you that we received when we were there. So you're not just taking stories. You're taking the ability to do these works, too. Well, this was in the 1960s that he met all of these people. And God would tell him that he would ask God, he said, when am I going to when are you going to let me tell the stories? You know, I want to tell he wanted to tell him so badly. And God told him not yet. He said, be patient. He said, and just wait for me and I will let you know. And so, oh, OK, I'm three sorry about that. And so anyway, he began to to tell these stories and began to understand what what he was doing and waiting on God. And it wasn't until the the 100th anniversary of the Azusa Street Revival, he had also heard a prophecy that said God would pour out his spirit again like he did there in about 100 years. Some of the people who were there prophesied that. So he knew within him it would be 100 years. He didn't think he was going to have to wait 50 years before he could tell the stories but then finally in 2007 jesus came to him again and said tommy it's time and released him to share all of these things why because god knows when the release of everything is he got a time set he's not going to disappoint us he's not going to let us go broke he's not going to let us get worse in our bodies or anything he is going to take care of everything And so once we understand that thing about time 
and understand that only you need to do is hold on to your faith. Don't let your faith go down. Don't put that away and not thank God for what he's doing in your life for a week or a month or a year at a time. And then just go back and try to revive it. Always keep your faith up there where God can see it. And if you do that, you're doing your part. Just keep your faith out there. Thank you, God. I'm healed. I thank you, Lord. These symptoms are all going away now in Jesus. You just thank him for what he's doing and you will never lack in anything. Amen. Sorry it took so long, ladies. I don't know what happened to our time. It's, uh, okay, that's what I thought. I thought I had some more time. Okay, so, um, all right, so then this woman with the issue of blood, amen, she said within herself, now you got to come to that conclusion. You just can't say it and go out and do it, and it's going to happen. It's got to be an inner conviction, an inner understanding. Your faith has to begin to develop that truth on the inside of you. And sometimes it's a long process. You might decide you're going to get up and try something that doesn't work and you get all deflated and disappointed. You go back down to square one and get up again. Well, keep doing that. It's good. Because you're using your faith on some degree. Something is telling you that this is yours. See, it doesn't say how many times she went out there and got in the crowd. Think about it. Jesus demanded he healed at the pool. That man said, you know, people wonder, well, how did we didn't see how this man used his faith? If you look hard enough, you'll see. In fact, God told me that he said, you keep looking, you're going to find where they they please me with their faith. And what did that man say? Jesus said, will you be made whole? He said, sir, I have no man. He said, but while I'm coming, somebody jumps in front of me. And gets there before I do. See, he'd been trying to walk. And we never look at that. We look at the fact he was laying there. It looks like Jesus just breezed by and out of nowhere he decides to heal this man. Well, that's seldom if ever true. If you keep looking, that's what God told me. He said, you keep looking, you'll see how people use their faith. He said, it never. it's like people who are paralyzed. And they'll get up and fall down and get up and fall down. If they're trusting God to do it one day, them legs going to stand. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we can't let our attempts at stepping out and not getting it discourage us. If anything, they should encourage us all the more. Well, God, at least I had a thought that it would work. The devil don't give you them thoughts. See, we think because we don't receive what we think we're expecting at that time. Really, we're just trying it out when you think about it. Many times people are. But there's going to be a time where faith is going to be there to meet that, that exercise that we're doing or that effort that we're putting forth. Faith will be there to meet that. And when that happens, that's when it manifests totally. Some people get healed incrementally. They'll get a little bit of it. And then it'll go away for a while. And then they'll get a little bit more and a little bit, just doses of it. It, it, What God wants to see is you're still believing. 
He said, I want somebody down there believing me. I don't want the earth to get to the point where nobody trusts me and everybody's going to doctors and everybody's. If you're believing God for something, you're way ahead of somebody that's just trusting in medicine. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're miles. You're in a different league altogether. You're over in a different kingdom seeking what you need. This temporal world is going to go away. It won't be here one day. And everything that this world is holding up will vanish too. But what's going to last forever? God's word. And what's built on his word. If your health is built on his word, it's going to be here. If he's going to be here, your health is going to be here. Do you see what I'm saying? And so we have to understand that God has a built-in plan when he gives us faith. He gives us everything that we need. All we have to do is continue to make that faith visible to him. He can come by any day. Can he come by your house any day of the week and see you're believing him? Do you understand what I'm saying? Just keep your faith visible. And he said, oh, okay, this one won't be denied. Amen. And this is where you have to get to is where you refuse to be denied, not by God, but by you. You refuse to quit. You refuse to just go away and say, this doesn't work and I'm not going to do it anymore. Amen. You have to get to that point where your faith, showing God your faith means everything to you. God, I'm not going to quit showing you. I know today is not the day that I got it or or may not be on tap for tomorrow, but I'm going to keep showing you my faith because I don't really care when it comes. See, when you get to the point where time doesn't bother you, you're in the sweet spot then. Because if it doesn't bother you, if you can't let the devil keep nudging you and bugging you based on time and nudging you and bugging you based on uh, uh, amount or anything like that, you know, where you're content with what God has for you. You know, you're not always trying to get more. You're content. God, I know you got more for me, and I'm not bugged about it, and I'm not putting forth any extra effort. I just thank you for it. Amen? When Thanksgiving is your your seal of your faith, that's when you, you're in there where God is because God's resting. You should be resting. You, sh- you don't need to be striving. You should be resting. Amen? And knowing that God is your provider, that's everything. See, you think your efforts are what's providing for you. If God's your provider, you you have no concern. You go to sleep at night. You know what you need is going to be there. If it's not be, it won't be there soon. Right now, it's there soon. Amen. Because you're not a, a person who's going to lack anything. Amen. So here, this woman is. What does she do? What she tell herself? She kept telling herself. If I can just touch it. Now, she didn't do it like a a confession. If I can touch him, if I can touch him. And then a voice would come to her and say, you can't touch him. You're unclean. Did that cancel it out? No. And see, this is where we need to get. Where we believe it and everything that's putting doubt in our heads, we already discounted. It doesn't matter. It, this is not relevant. It does not relevant. It's not relevant how many times you tried and it didn't work. It's not relevant. 
You think the people that invent light bulbs and lasers and all this stuff, you think they go home and get mad at God because they didn't get that the experiment didn't work today? They might do it for a minute, but something inside of them keeps making them get up and go try again. It's the same faith that we we have access to. They're using their faith in their realm and we use our faith in our realm. And our faith is a supernatural faith. Theirs is just natural. What comes to them, what knowledge they have, what books they read, it's all natural for them. But ours is supernatural. So ours can supersede anything else. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us. Raising dead is the most powerful action God does. It shakes off time. It shakes off decay. It shakes off disease. It shakes off anything and and resurrects a new person all over again. Amen. And so this this is something that we need to understand is available to us. And that's the same faith you use for everything you need. It it can raise your your uh business back up, you know, from from bankrupt or decay or almost gone or whatever it is. It can raise your children from disobedient to obedient. Amen. The same faith in the same word. And so she began to meditate and talk to herself on the inside of herself instead of letting those doubts determine the conversation. You know how you can let doubt run your conversation? You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, the bank said that I got turned down for the for the credit for my car, second one. Oh, well. How many people will say, praise God, that's one I don't have to look at. Tear it up and say, God, open the door for the next one. I'm going to the next one. But no, most people stagger. Get, they get stunned. And then they have to carry on the conversation. Well, I wonder what they saw in my credit report. They must have saw so-and-so. Or they must have seen. Or they must have seen. You can't have the must have seen conversations if you're going to do what this lady did. Go and get 12 years of, of ill health stopped on the spot. You can't be in, entertaining. It must have been this or it must have been that. Or when that voice tells her, well, you know you can't go up to a priest. You're unclean. Hmm? And she said, you know what? I don't have to touch him. I can touch his clothes. Because there's power in his clothes. Well, how'd she know that? You know, the the uh, Hebrews, they're priests had certain robes that had the word of God in a a little, they called it a phylactery. And they would roll up a scroll of scripture and put it in a little case and tie it on the bottom of their clothes, especially a prayer shawl. And most men, Hebrew men, had it on their shawls anyway. Amen. But the Pharisees especially had them. And she was used to looking at them because it would remind them of their protection in the word. And it would. Re- she said, no, I don't really need to touch him because touching a, another human is not where the power is. There's something in him spiritually. If I can connect with him spiritually, then I can be made whole. 
Because I avoid touching people all the time. But I can touch. He, she said, I'm good with that. I'm used to being the outcast. I'm used to being the pe- person that's not clean and can't touch nobody. She said, I don't have to touch him. And I don't have to ask him. If I can touch his clothes where the answer is, that's where the power is. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit convinced her that that's where the power was. And she was able to touch his him. And immediately, the Bible says, her blood stopped. Amen. And so there are times when God will give us the answer. We'll know exactly what to do in order to get what we need from him. Many times, though, there's all this stuff in our heads that tell you, oh, that couldn't be God because you know what? Oh, don't, no, don't do it. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? You can't touch that man. That man get upset and throw you. That put you out of there. They put you out the synagogue. They put you out everywhere. You, 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 you. She decided that it was worth the risk. That's what you got to do in order to live by faith. Whatever it is that God's requiring, you got to decide it's worth the risk. What are you risking? Embarrassment. You're risking all them little small things that don't really amount to anything. But they are the major things that hinder us from obeying God and going forward. What are people going to say? That was her main thing. What are they going to say when they see me out there? So she had to time it exactly right. She had to make sure she stayed within herself, listening for the Holy Spirit to tell her, what's a good day to go? Oh, I hear he's over so-and-so, you know. Or no, maybe if I go here today, he might be coming by here. You don't know if she might have gone out several days and stood around waiting for Jesus to pass by. Bartimaeus did. So it happens to all of us. We can go to, it's like people say, well, I'm going to go to Benny Hinn and get healed. And they go and don't get healed. Go back again. He's coming. He'll be in another town two hours away next month. Go back to that one again. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't give up. Your faith is made to not give up. And it doesn't get weaker every time you use it. It gets stronger. The devil will tell you, oh, boy, you know what happened last time. Yeah, devil, I'll let you talk me into staying home, but I'm not going to do it this time. I'm getting out of here today. Amen. And allow yourself to get out of the fears, the doubts, the what ifs, and the suppose it doesn't. Well, suppose it does. Well, suppose it doesn't. Are you going to quit believing because it didn't happen just now? Amen. If it's true and if it's God's word, you must keep. What are you going to believe instead? This lady had nothing left to put her faith in. The doctors had failed her. Money failed her. Everything failed. She was out of everything except what she could say within herself, what she could meditate on, what she can come to an understanding of in her heart, not just her head, but in her heart. She was able to sort through all the excuses, you know, all of the, well, you know, the doctors said, well, the doctors don't have anything to say about me now. They they turned me out. Hey, I can't go back to the doctor. That door is closed. See, this is where people panic when a, a plan B door closes in case God's word don't work. We can always go over here to... That's where they flip out. 
And really, that's the best thing that can happen. All them crutches, when they take them out from under you, best thing that can happen to you. Then you're forced to believe. Amen. So she was forced to believe, but she was really forced to build her faith before she went to the place to execute it. And that's what God prefers to do with us, I think. He prefers to help you build your confidence and build your faith to the point where you know that it's going to be released when you obey what you what you're telling yourself will work for you. So the Holy Spirit began to counsel this woman. And that's what I like to call it. She began to meditate and to see herself well. She began to fantasize, if you will, about being able to, if I could just get out and get to this man, I could get it. I know I could, but how do I get out there and get to him? You're not supposed to touch anybody. You got to announce yourself as unclean every time you go out of the house. You got to do this. You got to do that. And she probably would say, well, you know what? I sneaked out a couple times and I didn't say anything. I didn't say I was unclean. I didn't touch anybody. She probably knew how to get out that house and go down that street, get what she need without seeing nobody, touching nobody and make it back home. See, people who have to survive understand how to survive. So she began to put all of these together and well, maybe if I can get out of the house, not touch anybody and not be close to anybody. And if I could just get to him first and then have to see what I'm saying. So she may have and this is what people believe happened, that she was sitting and when Jesus came by, she crouched down and crawled and touched them and never touched another person. You got me? Because she'd been so trained not to touch people. But he's in a crowd. And see, people are thinking she's part of that crowd. But she might have found a way to not even be around anybody but him. She came up behind him and touched him. Amen? And so he never saw her. He just felt that power went out of him. But she found a way to do it. Or she just said, God, if I touch somebody, forgive me. I broke your law. This is your law I'm breaking. But you're telling me that if I can touch this man's garment, I can be healed. I want my healing. And I'm going to believe you're going to forgive me if I got to break the law in order to get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith will do that. Why is it? Oh, we're breaking God's law. He made the law and he made faith too. Which one are you going to obey? You're going to obey the one that helps you get what you need. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about robbing nobody or breaking a law like that, but I'm talking about these laws relating to cleanliness, uncleanliness, whatever. And so she saw that she was was able to to get this uh, in her. She said within herself, amen, she began to contemplate. What you think on is what you eventually will do. If you think doubt all the time, you won't do anything toward getting what you need. If you think fear all the time, you won't do anything toward getting what you need. But when you start to put together what the Holy Spirit is showing you and what your faith is telling you to do, you'll be able to receive whatever it is that you need from God. But see, what most of us do is we quit on the first doubt thought that comes and then we put kick the baby out with the bathwater. Where God has put in us the desire for more. The desire to prosper, 
the desire to gain wealth. All of that is put inside people because we have the kingdom in us. And the kingdom's a wealthy place, folks. It's not a greedy place. It's a wealthy place. Amen? Poverty tends to make people greedy. See, if you don't conquer the mentality, the fear of lack in you, if you're driven to make money by fear of lack, you're never going to prosper. Because that fear of lack is going to be the driving thing. It's not your faith. Your faith lacks nothing. Your faith doesn't fear that you're going to run out of anything. Amen. Your faith thinks wealth all the time. So if you can think wealth and and believe God's word that all your needs are already met, you won't be concerned about them. See, take no thought. Ooh, I'm going to do that. I'm always, well, you know, God, I'm by myself. Everybody's by themselves. Huh? <laughs> you know, seriously. You know, if you're married, you by yourself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. You got to go, you got, your faith is for you to use, for your needs. Amen. Sometimes if you're married, your spouse may not even be a believer or may not be believing like you are. You got to pull your weight in this thing. You got to develop your faith and live by faith. You can't get out of it. And so God wants us to to develop that inner conversation. Process this thing. Meditate on it. Get a plan for God how he's going to do it. Don't run off and keep doing the same old thing and say you're believing God for something. And it never changes. Doesn't get any better. The struggle still same, the fear the same, everything's the same. You know, when you believe God, you He puts you on a, a, a pretty much a comfort, a rest, an easy street. You don't have to try so hard. You don't have to strive so hard. Amen. We just do it because that's all we know. But He wants to get us to the place where we start knowing different stuff. Amen. We start knowing peace. We start knowing faith to to have the assurance. That God has these things laid up for us already. We don't have to work at anything. It comes without human effort. Faith is without human effort except to to obey your faith. Just go through that open door that your faith creates for you. You don't have to have a lot of conflict and a lot of decisions to have to make. This lady sat up there and believed this and thought of this all on her own. She didn't need a confirmation. She didn't need to. She dare not go to the priest and ask him what he thought. Do you understand what she knew better? They've been telling her what they thought all along. Stay in the house and don't touch nobody. So that's as far as they ever wanted to talk to her about. But when she got when her bleeding stopped, she'd be allowed to come back in the conversation. Congregation. Nobody knows why her bleeding continued all this time. Some things just happened. Amen. Sometimes your case will fall through the cracks. But guess who's in the crack with you if you fall through there? God is there with your answer. And that's how you get your miracle. You just don't give up. God, this is for me. I read in your word. I'm healed already. Now, I still got these symptoms in my body. So I'm asking you to show me how this is going to happen. Then she hears about Jesus. And she hears he heals everybody. And she's a daughter of Abraham. She's a Jew. She's not a Gentile. She's entitled to be healed. Amen. And when she finds out that he he is coming her way, 
She's already made up in her mind. This is her ticket. This is the way she said within her, if I could just touch him, if I can put forth that kind of effort. She said, I don't have to touch him if I can touch his clothes, the bottom of his clothes. And if I can crawl around behind him and not touch anybody else in that crowd, then I got it. And she knew she'd have it if she did it. So at that point, it was worth the risk to her. See, at some point, it's got to be worth risking giving up our old ways and taking the way of faith. You know, you don't get any rewards for for struggling and striving for things. You understand what I'm saying? Don't think that's wonderful. Because God has a more excellent way for us. The way of faith, the way of love. The way of of serving and giving, all of those things go into the life of God that he can bless. And that's what you want to do. You want to get on the path of the life of God that you can bless and be content. Don't be striving. Be content. Amen. God will meet us right where you are. You know, he always does. He uses your experiences, your understanding, your knowledge, everything. He uses to help what he expects you to do make sense to you. Amen. This woman knew she shouldn't be out, but she knew also that she had to touch somebody. Amen. Because that's how she was used to being touched to get something done for her physically. So she knew the touch was going to do it. And she knew that Jesus would lay hands on people. But she didn't have confidence that she could go up and ask him to do that because she was unclean. So how can I put all this together? God, I got so many things against me. I can't go to him. I can't talk to him. I can't let him, can't let him know I'm in the crowd. I can't do this. I can't. How is this going to happen? Don't tell me you haven't been there. We visit that place all the time. We don't have a clue where it's going to come from, how it's going to come, how long it's going to take. When it's going to manifest, but we know we see in the word that we have it already. I have it. And it's mine now. So God, there's a point where it's going to manifest on me. Lead me to that point. I don't want to miss it. I want to be there when you give that out and when, and when you bless me with it. Amen. So within us is where the Holy Spirit talks to us. He doesn't talk to you out here in your head. He speaks to you. You'll feel, heal that voice that kind of resonates within you. We've all heard, had that. And or we get a peace with a prompting. We're prompted to do something or say something. And we have peace about it. Amen. Sometimes we get an unction to say something. And you may not have noticed you had peace at all. Just the unction makes you blurt it out. Amen. And and move past your fears and move past your lack of understanding and all that kind of stuff. You'll say stuff like, I don't know where that came from. God just, some just told me to say that and it jumped out of my mouth and and it manifested. You know, it might have taken a little bit or might have manifested or opened a door for you right then and right there. But God did it for you. Sometimes you just have to hold your peace and let God move on people, you know. I've had that happen to me where people would say stuff, well, no, we we don't really do stuff like that. And I'll just stand there. You know, God will just tell me, just stand. He said, just, well, wait a minute. I'll go get, do you understand? I'll go get my manager and see 
You know, they always come up with another idea if you don't take no for an answer. And I said, I stood there. I didn't say I argued with anybody. And I didn't have any back talk for anybody or tried to tell them what they had. God told them, to, you better do that. I don't go there. You know, you can hold your peace and let the anointing work. And pretty soon you feel the presence of God and he's going to grab somebody and start working on them. Amen. Or you don't feel his presence. I don't know. But I tend to notice stuff like that. I wasn't, I didn't change. <laughs> they didn't change. God, you changed them. Now, when did, when did you do that? Amen. And so, so these are, are ways that we can get the, the unction within. Faith works within us, folks. It's, it's always working in us to accomplish these things. Keep feeding it. Keep meditating on what God says he's going to do. Keep meditating on the word. Because that word is going to come to pass. When everything else fails, that word is going to happen. It's going to happen with you or without you. Amen. Because he can't deny himself. He decided he wants to bring it to pass. He's going to do it for somebody. Amen. Now we can be the recipients of it or somebody else will get it. Amen. I remember when we went to Detroit and we had our first meeting in, in Cobo Hall. You know, these were places people just didn't just walk in and and at the Renaissance Center at the Westin Hotel, we had the presidential suite free. Do you understand what I'm saying? What had happened before that, God told us to go to all the venues in that city and pray and break the devil's power over those buildings. He said, my people have been trying to get in these places for years and the devil won't let them in. You got me? So he anoints somebody to do these things. You know, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just a house. I'm a housewife praying. Let's get together and pray, ladies, and you know all that kind of stuff. And and pretty soon it becomes a ministry. Pretty soon it becomes an anointing. Pretty soon, pretty soon you can do things for God with these things. And we went to all of them. And and he said, okay, I want you to go and do a meeting there. And I'm thinking, us? Why? What? What? I'm just doing this for you, Lord. You get all the glory. He said, no, you're gonna go and do it. And because the husbandman or the the vine dresser is a partaker of the first fruits. If you out in your yard and your tomatoes get ripe, who's going to be the first one to eat a tomato? Uh, You are your garden. Come on now, y'all get with me here. You partake the first fruits, whatever you do for God, you get to be the partaker of the first fruits. You got me? And you're not doing it just for you. You're doing it for other people. This is where Christians, ministers especially, make their mistake. They think they own stuff. They possess it because they God opened the door using them. Do you understand what they try to run? Oh, I'm, I'm, I have the biggest thing in this city and I'm this in this city and that. And this is where you make your mistake. You need to go back. Just by, I told the Lord, I said, you know what? I'm just your handmaid. I'm like Mary was. Huh? Look at here. Here's a handmaiden of the Lord. Let me be unto you, uh, me according to your word. Amen. And we went into these places and later on people who, who were there, ministers would say, Oh, yeah, I told people God's going to send somebody from out of town to show us Detroiters how to do things. That wasn't about that. That's just what your carnal mind picks up. But it takes an anointing that nobody else had, apparently. That God used to do it. See, when you're anointed, he has to use, he'll use you to do anything. He'll send you anywhere and have you do anything. 
Do you understand? Because the anointing speaks for you more than who you are. And whether you want to do it or not, or whether you feel you called to do it, it just speaks. And we started to see Christians go and Benny Hinn came up there and did meetings. Joyce Meyer did meetings. And everybody had said before, them people never came to this city. Never. You got me? God can make a difference with these things, folks. You you got to understand that. But he works with that voice within you that tells you when it's time to release things, when it's time to go do things, when it's time to get up and move, that you say within yourself what it is that God says. And then you get up and move in, in the power of the anointing or whatever he tells you to do. I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew what had happened before in some situations that God had called us to. You know, we'd go in buildings and and we could feel demons crawling in there. And we'd go in there and just do what God said do to take authority. It's different sometimes every time. Often it's the same pattern. But, But he'll break that power using you. Does that make me somebody? No, that makes me who I am in Christ. Same person, same everything. It's an assignment. See, the anointing, the power is his. I don't have no power. Amen. But I'm smart enough to obey him. That's all you got to do. But God will get the impossible done through his people sometimes. If we'll just obey him and understand these these walls will come down. Miracles will occur. All of these things will occur. But you've got to decide within you what's God telling you to do. And and how is he telling you to release your faith to get this manifestation? And once you get within yourself, you make you have that decision and that conversation with him, then he will lead you to the place of the manifestation. He always does. He never fails on that. Amen. It will come to pass. So, Father, we thank you for allowing us this understanding in this place in your mind and your heart for all the good things that you have in store for us lord so father we bless you we praise you we honor you we magnify you and we lift you up lord because you are worthy to be praised and adored we love you lord in jesus name amen and praise god amen we're going to do our declaration amen i don't have rona and she don't have me i can't get rona and she can't get me Thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.